Hi, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So glad to be here with everyone here tonight. Uh, thank you for um, being with us as we uh, first started this whole series on uh, religion of losers. Um, and now we're looking at redemption of losers. Um, fantastic job talking about the women um, at the cross. Um, and it is it is interesting. It is interesting that Jesus, his first appearance is to a bunch of women. I think that's that's very fascinating. And that's so Jesus, right? Um, his resurrection, who he's resurrected himself and and who is the, the first people that see him, but the, the fringe people, the ones on the outcast of society. Um, and we'll see that here in our story as well. Um, before we begin, I, um, I do want to let you guys know that um, we have started our small groups. Uh, if you are not part of our small groups, please, please join us. Uh, we have a wonderful series that I think we did a fantastic job on, and um, it's called <laughs> uh, Failure of Expectations. And you're going to enjoy it. It's great. Um, you just use Zoom as you know one code, and you can participate. We'll put you in a group. You can do it on, a, on your phone. You can do it on a laptop. You can do it on a tablet. Um, there's multiple devices that you can use. Uh, it's very versatile. I mean, it's, it's it's also very convenient. You don't have to travel anywhere. It's all done online. Um, I do I do uh, recommend you become part of one of our small groups um, as you stay connected with the body of Christ. Um, and then um, I also do want to um, talk about the more information if you want about small groups is newarkupc.info. Um, that's kind of where you'll find all that information about small groups. And you can also download the lesson. So you can actually read it ahead of time. If you're one of those people who likes to read things ahead of time and, and already have questions ready to go or, um, and you can print it out, you can, you know, share it with friends. I mean, it's, uh, we want to make sure this is, you know, very flexible and, uh, that, that we put resources in your hands and that, you know, you, we are growing and, and, uh, we are all learning together, um, cause we also learn as well. Um, so please do that. Um, like, and share this. Uh, let's share, uh, let's share this with other people as well that we can reach out in your circle of friends um, and also partner with us as well in, um, in giving. Amen. So I, I'm going to, con there's this continuation. So we've been kind of reading through, um, I know I, I, I talked about Peter and here's Peter, this, this fantastic loser. And um, he completely denied Jesus. And, you know, these people come at him, people who don't have much of a stature or any type of representation in society. And they come and they, they come after Peter and Peter denies all of them. And, and, you know, he, he gets very defensive. And of course, you know, him and Jesus look at each other and they gaze at each other. And it's a very intense look. The scriptures make sure they're, they, it's a very intense look. Luke does a good job of telling that. Um, and of course, Peter runs away and he cries. So, um, but we want to talk about the redemption. So the story continues um, after the after uh, Jesus appears. Um, actually, actually, when women go to the tomb, uh, angels appear before them. This is Luke's account, and um, tells them he's not here for he's risen. And of course, they go and tell the disciples. Um, and then here we find these two disciples. It's called the road to Emmaus, and we're going to be reading from Luke chapter twenty four, and it's verse thirteen. Um, Luke chapter 24, verse 13, and I'll kind of give you the background here. So, so the, the, the women, they run back and they tell the disciples that we saw angels and they say that, you know, the, the stone, they put this massive stone because there was rumors that he might rise. And so they want to make sure that that was never the case. Um, however, this massive stone that 
weighed tons, was rolled you know, to the side, and, and Jesus was gone. And, this, and the guards were gone. And so um, they tell this to the disciples. And the disciples don't believe the women. <laughs> they, don't, they don't believe the women. They don't, um, I don't know if it's because they don't, didn't trust women. Um, I don't know if there was some kind of prejudice against women, like they're not trustworthy. Um, you know, they make all kinds of stories. Uh, but they go, they go to see for themselves, which, okay, I get that. You want to verify it. Uh, they don't see it, so they just don't know what happens. So they just completely ignore the, <laughs> uh, they ignore the women who, who told them that Jesus rose again. Um, so here we go. We're on verse 13. Uh, at, uh, Luke's chapter 24, verse 13. I'm just going to read verse by verse here. And I'm reading out of the net version. Um, so the net version, just so you know what version I'm in. Now watch this, verse 13. Now that very day, this is still Easter Sunday. I want to make sure I understand. So this is Easter Sunday. That very day is more like more like in the afternoon. Two of them were on their way to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. So um, it's a quite a bit, maybe seven miles. I'm assuming that means a round trip. Um, three miles there, three miles back. Um, they don't know where Emmaus is. Um, uh, scholars are uh, they, they they have ideas where we, they think Emmaus is, but they don't know. Again, that's what happens with history. Uh, things get forgotten. Uh, so verse 14, they were talking to each other about all the things that had happened. Uh, they're, they're talking about the trial that happened in the middle of the night. They're talking about the crucifixion and how Jesus died and, and how they put him in this tomb. And Joseph, Joseph Arithemius and who they, they put the Jesus in his tomb. And now he's not there. And these angels and what these women said, and do we trust these women? Um, so they're talking about all these things that had happened. Verse 15. While they were talking and debating these things, Jesus himself approaches and approached and began to accompany them. Uh, here's a parenthetical statement in verse 16. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. So they don't know it's him. Verse 17. Then he said to them, what are these matters you are discussing so intently as you walk along? And they stood still looking sad. So obviously they're they're distraught. They're they're uh, they're sad about Jesus dying. Then one of them named Cleopas. I think this is so fascinating. So we we find out who these two people are. Obviously they're not the disciples, the original you know the the, the twelve disciples. Well, obviously eleven now because Judas hung himself. But here are these the eleven disciples. We're aware of them. But this this guy named Cleopas. Who is this guy? No one knows. He's just some random guy that Luke just puts in. <laughs> and I mean, he's not random. He's just, he's not somebody you're, uh, you're aware of, you know who he is. And um, I just think it's fascinating. Once again, here is Jesus showing himself resurrected to a bunch of people who don't know, <laughs> to, to some infringed people. First it was the women and now these two disciples, we don't know who they are. Um, obviously there was multiple believers that, um, follow Jesus, uh, but these people, you know, they, they don't make their name. Their names are not written in the stories anywhere. They're just, just this one place. So Cleopas. Um, and so here Jesus is talking to Cleopas and he answered him. Are you, this is Cleopas. Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened there in these days? I mean, they're shocked. This were you under a rock, man? I mean, did you not hear? Did you did you not hear all that happened? I mean, everybody knows. 
the gossip train is excellent here in Jerusalem. Everybody knows everything. Um, I would probably do really well in Jerusalem. I would do fantastic. Um, so they, they knew all the information that was going on. Um, and here this guy doesn't know. Again, they don't know who he is. He said to them, this is Jesus, what things? What, what are you talking about? Obviously, he knows what he's talking. What they're talking about. He wants them to say it. The things concerning Jesus the Nazarene, they replied. A man who, with his powerful deeds and words, proved to be a prophet before God and all the people. And so here he is talking what the mood and what the understanding of most of the believers were at that time is that he was a prophet. He was someone who, um, before God and all the people, he was. He wasn't. God. I want to make sure we see that here. He was this powerful prophet. So that's how they saw him. That, that's how the, the city of Jerusalem saw Jesus as this powerful prophet. Um, this, this person who made a triumphant entry seven days ago. Um, seven days ago, he came in and, and on Palm Sunday and and seven days ago, he walked in and everybody was celebrating Hosanna to the highest. And this, this Jesus riding this unbroken animal. Um, and so, so that's how this, so there, these people, these two, these two visitors who are talking amongst themselves are, are telling us to Jesus that this, this Jesus did powerful deeds and words and proved to be a prophet before God and all the people. So that's how they view it. Verse 20. And how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him. So it's interesting. They, they don't talk about the Romans. It's This wasn't the Romans doing. This was the leaders of the, the, the city. These were the Jewish leaders. This wasn't the Romans. The Romans didn't kill Jesus. They're not the ones that they, Pontius Pilate tried to, you know, find a way to rescue him. And he actually gave him options and the people decided to crucify Jesus. Um, so the leaders are the culprits here. Verse 21. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Again, they had this, they had a very different view of the Messiah. This, this mil militaristic view of the Messiah. And part of it is some of that inter-testamental inter literature that's floating around this time. I don't know if you remember that. Um, there was Ask the Pastor, the Apocrypha, and uh, the Pseudepigrapha, which are two different uh, genres of um, writing. One is through the intertestamental inter period, and another one is um, after the New Testament. And so, so the Pseudepigrapha, which is the intertestamental intertestamental um, literature at that time, because remember, there's they say there's 400 years of silence from the Old Testament to the New Testament, but really that's not the case. There was all kinds of writing happening, and, and this idea of this Messiah kind of crystallizes, and, and there's greater clarity 400 years later. Um, but but their views are are very different than the scriptures. This Messiah is going to come, and 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 there he's going to he's going to conquer. He's going to conquer Rome. He's going to conquer all these things. And so 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 the again these these two people on their way to Emmaus are telling Jesus their perspective. And, and we're kind of getting a glimpse of that. We're seeing what did the early church, not the early church, but what, what did the people really think about Jesus? These believers of Jesus, like they really, you know, what were their, what was their idea of who this Jesus? And, and we can see, we can see he was a prophet. They didn't, 
They didn't go to the level that he was God, but it was, he was some kind of prophet. Um, so we just hand him over to condemn the die. Um, verse 21, um, we'll say, not only this, we'll, middle of, not only this, but it is now the third day since these things happen. The third day. Uh, verse 22. Furthermore, some women of our group amazed us. They amazed us. They were at the tomb early this morning. I don't know if that's a, that's a positive that they amazed us or it was like a, they amazed us. <laughs> Typical women. So I, I don't know the, it's kind of hard when you read the, the, the word, you can't see the inflections and uh, if there was a raised eyebrow or if they're like winking at you, like they're amazed us. All right. But we, we can't tell that. Um, but <laughs> here's the angels. Verse 23. And when they did not find his body, the women, they came back and they said they had seen visions of angels who said he was alive. Wow, he was alive. And then verse 24, then some of us who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. So it's interesting. They 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 didn't believe the women. They they I mean they went and they were like, yes, you're right. Uh, he's not in there, but they didn't say, well, we believe they saw the angels. Uh, they don't go that far. Um, and it's funny. I was reading some of the uh, literature at this time, the first century. Um, again, it's all kinds of literature that was out during this time, um, and quite a bit of it, it has a very negative view of women. <laughs> uh, don't trust them. Um, you know, they're not to be trusted. They're very very emotional. Um, of course, nothing has changed. It's uh, kind of the thought still continues, but um, and so so they didn't believe they didn't believe the women that they saw angels and that he was risen. They just thought somebody stole Jesus. That's that's the most logical conclusion um, is that somebody came, moved this massive tons of stone, the single stone over, and they stole the body of Jesus. Um, so that's their their theory. So he said to them, this is Jesus now. Again, they don't know it's Jesus. You foolish people. Ouch. Again, Jesus. Um, uh, how to win friends and influence people. I don't know if Jesus read that book. Um, I. It, it, it just seems he just kind of comes really hard at these disciples. How slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. How slow of heart to believe that. All, all that the prophets have spoken. Again, the heart, you know, in ancient times, the heart was where all your thoughts came from, all your intentions, not the mind. Um, how slow the heart to believe that all the prophets have spoken. And he's he's rebuking them in, in, in a way. He's like, do you not know the scriptures? I mean, were you guys not there? I, I spoke for three hours how I was going to die and come back. I mean, did you guys not get that? And again, this is this really makes a very powerful point. That's the reason why we repeat announcements at church uh, is because of this example. Um, the disciples had no idea he was going to rise again. And that's the reason why we talk about, you know, make sure, um, you know, go to newarkupc.info. We stay at every service um, and still people have no idea where it is. So we see that the same issue, right? We see the disciples. They have absolutely no idea. Jesus spent hours and hours and hours telling them he's going to die and get rose again. And, they still didn't believe him. They had no idea what he was talking about. And when it does happen, they have no clue what's going on. So verse 26, wasn't it 
Verse 26. Wasn't it necessary for Christ to suffer these things and enter into his glory? These were necessary. Do you not see that this was a necessary thing? Do the scriptures not show that? Did Jesus not do a good job of teaching for three years? I mean, were you listening those three years? <laughs> Being a little tough on disciples, I'm sorry. But but I mean, this is this is kind of the vibe I'm getting here from Jesus. Like, seriously? Verse 27. Now watch this. This is so cool. Verse 27. Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things written about himself in all the scriptures. So literally, he goes from Genesis all the way down to Malachi. Of course, it's going to be the Hebrew Bible. The ordering is a little different. But he's going to go through the entire Old Testament, giving them a personal Bible study about the Messiah and gives a Christological view of the Old Testament. Now, it is interesting that the early church didn't have the New Testament. They got that, you know, that was, was being written as, 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 um, as time was moving forward. But they only had the Old Testament, and that's what they use as their Bible. And so Jesus is using the Old Testament. He's most likely using the Septuagint. But he's using the Old Testament, and, and he's just, you know, describing of what happened about himself, a Bible study. Now, how cool would that be? I would not mind being one of those two random guys that we have no idea who they are, walking down and, and having a one-on-one -on -one Bible study with Jesus as he explains literally from Genesis all the way down to the last book of the Bible about him. So they approached the village. So he, he does that. And, and so verse 28, so they approached the village where they were going. And he acted as though he wanted to go farther. He was acting like he wanted to go, but he knew they were going to invite him in. But they urged him. Again, that nice that nice little hospitality, right? Ancient hospitality. Stay with us because it's getting toward the evening and the day is almost done. So he went in to stay with them. And so he's Jesus. Again, they don't know who he is. It's just a random stranger who was living under a rock. But for some reason... The boy knew his scriptures. Uh, he went right down and explained all that had to happen with Jesus. Um, and it's funny because we see this parallel also with um, with Jesus when he was in the synagogue, right? And he got separated from his family for three days. And they were profound that he knew the scriptures so well. Obviously, there's some parallelism there. But uh, verse 30. So when he had taken his place at the table with them, he took the bread, blessed and broke it, and he gave it to them. Now, these disciples that we don't know who they are, and I call them disciples because I think we're all disciples, um, they spent some time with Jesus. All right? Because um, at this point, verse 21, at this point, their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and then he vanished out of their sight. They must have spent some time with Jesus to know his mannerisms. All right, they they were with him for a while. They they must have known how he cuts bread. They must have known how he blesses. Um, that they were able to recognize him right away when they see that. I'm sure part of it is God that he kind of took the scales out of their eyes and they could see who he really is. But part of it also is they spent some time with Jesus. You know, it, when you spend time with the Lord, you know, when you spend time with God. 
you, you can recognize what situation God's hands are in. Uh, when you get very comfortable listening to the voice of God and uh, you trust him, um, you, you see his fingerprints on certain situations and you're like, okay, you know what? I see you now, God. I see you're right there. So this is a side note. I'm just giving you this, this side note here, but but spending time with Jesus, you, you'll, you'll recognize where he's in your life. Um, so he vanished. He was breaking bread, um, which I think is pretty awesome that this happened. Was He, he did it over, over bread. He did it over fellowship. You know, the disciples broke bread with one another. They continued that. Um, and I think it's pretty interesting. They discussed the scriptures. He was discussing the scriptures with them, and they broke bread. And isn't that something small group? Oh, that's right, it does. We eat together, we break bread together, we teach online together. It's so biblical. Um, so yeah, so they so they broke bread and, and they knew it was Jesus. Verse 32. They said to each other, Didn't our hearts burn within us while he was speaking with us on the road while he was explaining the scriptures to us? They knew there was something about this guy. They're like, man, this. This guy knows a lot about the scriptures, and I just—he's just—he just seems so familiar. Cleopas, do, do you do you do you recognize this guy? I mean, they—they they must have known this. This is something familiar, and um, and of course, their hearts were burning within them. So it's interesting. They go from a deep grief because they were sad to joy. They go from confusion to understanding. And most importantly, they go from disbelief to faith. And the crucial moment is the breaking of the bread, where they finally see who they've been interacting with. They understood the Christ. They understood what had happened. It all clicked over bread. And I, I think that's that's even how it works with scriptures. I think you, you read something multiple times and and it still doesn't make sense to you. And then one day, boom, it just clicks. Now I get it. Now it makes sense to me. Um, so verse 33. So they got up that very hour. This is still, this is still Sunday. I want to make sure. So Sunday morning, the women go to the t- early, early morning. Uh, they go to the tomb and, of course, you know, Jesus is gone. The stones rolled away. They see the angels. The angels tell the women that he's risen and they go back and they tell the disciples. The disciples are like, well, are you sure? And they don't believe them. They go to the tomb and they see, yeah, they're right. But they don't question about the angels. And here we get these two disciples. So here we are. It's still the same day. It's still Sunday. It's just, this is still Easter. This is still Easter day. And so they got at that very hour, verse 33, and they returned to Jerusalem and they found the 11 and those with them gathered together and saying, the Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon. Wait, what? So that, so after Jesus was done with them, he appeared to Simon. Again, I think it's fascinating that Jesus, the next person he appears to, is is Simon, Peter, the Rock, the guy who denied him, the guy who um, ignored him, the guy who, you know, was a complete loser. 
yeah, that guy, Jesus, Jesus revealed himself to him as well. Jesus reached out to Peter. Because you know what? No matter how far you get away from God or how many times you deny him or how many times you feel you fail and fall short of the scriptures and what God has in store, he still reaches for you, my dear brothers and sisters. That is the mercy of God. He does not give up on people. That's the thing about this Jesus that you serve. You, we need to be really aware that Jesus doesn't give up on people. He doesn't give up on your kids when they've left the church. He doesn't give up on your parents or your family members. He's still reaching for them. He's still pulling them. That's the kind of God I serve is that he's always reaching. And just like this, here's this Peter, this loser, and God reaches for him. And we see Jesus, I mean, Peter changes. He's a, he's a different type of uh, person after, after his encounter with Jesus. And of course, after having received the Holy Ghost, uh, we see a different Peter. Uh, but that's the beauty of God that we serve is that he he finds broken people. <laughs> Thank God for that. Thank God for that. So then they told what had happened on the road and how they recognized him when he broke bread. They recognized that this was Jesus. And, of course, if you go a little further down, Jesus appears. So here they're talking about this. They're like, and then Jesus, and and then and then he, he was talking to us. And then, let me tell you the scriptures. Let me go. Let me go through. Does anybody have a Torah here? I doubt they did. But they. So then they go through the scriptures, and because I'm sure they probably memorized it. But they they go through the scriptures, and they they say this was supposed to happen. This was supposed to happen. This was supposed to happen, and it starts to click for them. It just clicks. Um, and then what happens? Of course, this, it's just, this is so dramatic. This is still the same day. Jesus appears. The door opens and enters Jesus. I mean, you can't get more cool than that, right? Jesus, he sure was good about grand entrance. He just comes in and, and his disciples are like, oh! And he was, you know, it was he was raised bodily. So he wasn't a ghost. They thought he was a ghost, and um, but he wasn't. And I don't want to get too far because I know that's, um, as we continue this week of redemption of losers, uh, some that will be covered. Um, but here we are seeing that Mr. Simon Peter, this loser who denied Jesus three times, Jesus appears to him and reaches for him and asks for him. I think that's that's so amazing. And that's kind of the God we serve. But what a, what a cool little story. Again, this is only in Luke's, this is only in Luke's gospel. Uh, nowhere else do we see this uh, in the other gospels. Um, Luke just kind of uh, brings this information. Again, there were 500 witnesses uh, that ex that saw Jesus, and uh, we don't know all their stories. And here's Luke just bringing one of those stories about uh, the road to Emmaus, about these two unknown disciples that Jesus appeared and uh, spent time with. Um, again, a very Jesus thing, right? To spend time with uh, the fringe people or the people that um, you don't expect. So um, pretty, pretty amazing. I do. Um, I, I know I'm a I'm a couple of minutes early here, but I do want to. Um, I know we're going to be doing questions here um, as we look at this um, uh, this theme of redemption of losers, um, and, and I, I, I I hope the the theme has been very clear to us. Is uh, the, you know these these losers again from the world's perspective, we are losers. Um, you know our values are very different. What we treasure, what we value, what's important to us, um, is not to them. It's it's power, it's influence, 
ours is serving and being a servant and um that's what's it's, that's what it wins influence in our world is is uh serving and and serving others um that's how we win influence in our world and and so again this it's a very very contrast to how the world views um us and and especially at, at this high point in um um, in the Roman time, again, remember the Romans were all about conquering. They were all about power. They were all about force, weapons, armies, and Jesus was for none of that. He um, he came with you know peace. He um, he came to convince people and change people's hearts, and it worked, right? I mean, the Roman Empire fell. Uh, I don't see them around, um, so it worked. Uh, Jesus did conquer the Romans and uh, they did eventually fall and uh, their ways were destructive. Um, and so that's pretty amazing. Christianity survives and now it thrives. So, um, well, there you go. So that's my thought. Uh, I will go ahead and uh, it is 7.30, so I'll go ahead and maybe have uh, Joyce on. Um, hey, Joyce. Hello. <laughs> Are you able to hear me? Okay. I can hear you just fine. Okay, great. Sorry, there's a lag. I saw your lips moving. I was wondering why I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> okay. Oh, is, is the there a lag with me? I think just for that moment. Okay. Okay. So first question. Why do you think the religious leaders and scholars didn't connect the scriptures that foretold of the Messiah with Jesus? That is a great question. And it, it's, I think the way he came um, is what shocked them. Again, we're, we're influenced by our culture. And again, this is my opinion. Um, so I do want to preface this. Again, this is Arash's opinion. Um, you can take it for what it's worth. But to me, it's easy for us to look back look at the scriptures and see what already happened and say, well, duh, there it is. It's, it's Jesus. You know, it's, 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 you know, hindsight is 2020, right? When you look back and everything's a lot more clearer when, when it's already had taken place, you know, already taken place. Um, when you're in the moment, when you are influenced by Rome's intoxicating culture, where it's about conquering and it's about victory and, you know, it's about this, this warrior mentality yeah, you you would miss it too. I mean, you know, if you get sucked into that, uh, um, and you think that's what a Messiah will do, and and they misinterpreted some of the scriptures. They they assumed that he was gonna he was gonna bring kingdom come when Jesus said, you know, my kingdom will come. It's they they assumed that he was gonna come right now. That you know that um, that he was gonna go ahead and it's gonna be this physical kingdom where he's just gonna go ahead and get a sword and just defeat the Romans, um, which was not the case. Uh, it was about a spiritual kingdom. It's about defeating the devil and and um, bringing people to him. So there's, you know, there's that disconnect there. Um, I think that's part of it is that is, is they, they were so influenced by their current culture um, that the idea of a suffering servant was very foreign to them. Um, I was talking about the Pseudepigrapha, which is the uh, intertestamental literature uh, you can actually read it. You can actually get a book um, and you can go, you know, go to town and just read all these 
um, crazy writings that people were writing. They're not inspired, but they're just, it just shows the way the culture thought at that time. Um, and a lot of them are about this warrior's Messiah and who's going to come and, and, um, you know, and conquer these, these, these foes that have conquered the, the, the Jewish people. Um, and so, yes, they, they missed it because to them, the idea of a suffering servant just it just didn't compute this idea of of mercy and uh, I'm sure they were aware of mercy, but this this God that had to die, um, it just it, they didn't they didn't connect it that because of that I I, I think um, but yeah that's that's my my two cents there. Okay, well another question. Why do you think they didn't recognize Jesus while he was with the disciples on the way to Emmaus? I think um, part of it is, um, I think it was Jesus. Jesus didn't want um, to reveal uh, himself to them. He wanted to have them talking about, you know, what was, what was the word in the street here? Um, and the other part is... Um, it it it's interesting you these two people that they're talking it's like they're talking for the whole city of jerusalem just of the believers the people that believed in jesus you know this they didn't think jesus was god they thought he was a great prophet they thought he could be this messiah whatever that means um they thought um you know they 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 and 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 then he died, and and so they're they're just again heartbroken, um, and they thought that somehow he was just going to you know raise an army and and uh, deliver Israel from the Romans, um, and from all their enemies, and that never happened. Um, so I guess part of it, I think, is 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 one Jesus didn't reveal himself to them. Um, I think it was probably well disguised, um, and then also we get insight into what the thought was in the early church not the early church i'm sorry the um the the movement the the people who believed jesus at that time before um the crucifixion where uh, i mean pretty much a great people who, who would probably become part of the early church um this idea that even they still it, it they didn't they didn't compute it that god would be man and that god would be flesh again it was just it, it's so foreign even to us the trying to describe the incarnation um it's 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 incredibly hard um and and it's it's so hard that um people make up crazy doctrines out of it because it's 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 this miracle this that god becomes finite and he becomes flesh um and so i, I think that's part of it i think is is that luke is is giving us an idea of um if we believe you know luke wrote that but but you know, Luke is giving us an idea of what what Jerusalem was was thinking at that time of this Jesus, and and what all the thoughts were of the disciples uh, as they kind of tell their story. Okay, and another one. How do they know that the Lord appeared to Simon? Um, as an excellent question, I wonder if one of the disciples said that, and um, and they said, "Oh, and." They must have gotten there, and there must be information. Again, we don't 
we're only given what Luke wants us to see. Um, and uh, of course, Luke, Luke is inspired by by God here, but but we we're only seeing what Luke um, wants us. And, and from the sounds of it, it looks like Simon Peter was there because they went to the 11. So I'm sure Peter was explaining to him that he saw the Lord too. And so it confirms their story. Um, so not only, you know, the, it appeared to us, but it also looks like it appeared to Simon as well. Um, so I guess that's, that's kind of how I take it is that uh, Peter was there and he was already probably telling them what happened. And, and here comes, you know, these two, again, we don't hear about them anymore. Cle Cleopas, I, I don't know where, <laughs> I don't know where else he's in the scriptures. I don't see him anywhere else. Um, but, but they, they do have their small part in the scriptures. Okay. The next one, what contributed to the religious leaders' corruption and why did they not believe in Jesus? And I know you are you, you hit on that a little bit. Yeah, no, no, it's 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 yeah, I hear. Um I, I think part of it is is you know, we we've heard this several times is that um they they felt God so many times in the Old Testament that they built fences upon fences to make sure that they never violated the law. Um, and for that, they also created this very uh, political and elect group of people. And uh, when you mix politics with church, it does cause all kinds of issues and problems, um, as Pastor Stephen has you know, mentioned. But um, And I think this is what kind of happened with these with these. Um, with these religious leaders is when Jesus comes and he's not following their protocol and he's not mentioning their names on his campaigns. Um, and he, you know, they're not endorsing him, but yet he's still, you know, gaining popularity. People are thronging to him. Um, so yeah, it, it, it created this power struggle. And I, again, I'm going to give you Rosh's opinion. Um, to me, I, I think there was this, this fear that they were going to lose their powers. They were going to lose their power base. They were going to lose their status. They were going to lose this hierarchy that they have constructed on, on religious law. Um, and so, and Jesus was challenging that. He was challenging the status quo. He was challenging um, their corrupt hearts. Um, and they didn't like that. And so they... Um, they saw Jesus as a threat, and that's why they tried him in the middle of the night. And I think Lil did a great job of you know telling that it it was in the night that they tried him. They didn't try him during the day because um, they didn't want any riots. So they so they did it in the middle of the night, and they did it quickly. The Romans didn't care as long as you know there was peace. Rome just wants peace, and so you know essentially just the, the Jewish leaders of it. You know they were the main culprits of making sure he he was crucified. So. Um, so to me, I, I think that's what it is, is that uh, a, he challenged their power base um, and they didn't want to give up that power. Yes. Okay. And this one is actually the last one for now. So if you guys have any more questions, please submit them. Um, so in the lesson about the women, one of the women at the cross was Mary, wife of Clopas. Did you happen to read anything about whether scholars think that Clopas was the same person as the Cleopas on the road? No. Um, most of the, the literature I came across um, said that, uh, again, the spelling is very different. Um, and 
most of the, the the writing I came upon was that Cleopas was just this this random person. Um, uh, some some scholars said that maybe he was somebody full of integrity and respected in the community, that local community, and wh wherever Luke was writing, that uh, his name brought uh, another layer of credibility to the story. Um, but to me, again, this my thought is um, he was just a nobody. He was a he was a guy who spent time with Jesus, uh, hung around him. He wasn't one of the twelve. He wasn't one of the three. He was probably just on the outskirts. Him and his buddy, um, or his wife. Some people we could be white, but I think it was just probably another guy. Um, and and he just you know listened to Jesus and and I don't know. Jesus just appears to him and to him and his buddy and kind of does this personal Bible study to him about. Uh, about his resurrection and how he's going to suffer, um, you know, for the entire you know, the entire Old Testament. Um, so, I to me, that's how I see. It. I see that, and and that's very common of Luke. Luke does a very good job of showing. It's just not Luke, but this is also Jesus. But just you know, Jesus just goes to the fringe people. He goes to, you know, he reveals himself to the women. He he reveals himself as the Messiah to who, but to women at the well, who, again, a marginalized person who we would not invite in our home. Um, and Jesus reveals, you know, something that he's avoided telling the Pharisees. He's avoided telling anybody else. And he clearly says, I am he to this woman at the well. Um, and here he is explaining, you know, blatantly and, and clearly um, the, um, um, uh, the scriptures about how he, the Messiah had to suffer and he was rise again. Um, to the disciples. So uh, yeah, again, I I don't see any connection between the two, um, and most people didn't make that, that connection. Most of the commentaries and, and resources that I read, uh, they just say he's probably a one-off. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of what I read in my studies. Okay, and um, so we do have another question. Sure. Why do you think Jesus specifically named Peter when he told the women to tell Peter that he was risen? Oh, I think that's so beautiful. It, it, it just shows Jesus that even though Peter denied him, even though Peter turned his back against him, Jesus still reached out to him. And I'll, I'll say again, this is my opinion. I think if Judas didn't hang himself, and if Judas went back home and be miserable and depressed, you know what? I think I think Jesus would have shown up to him too. Because our God is full of mercy. Um, and he he redeemed Peter. And this thick-headed, stubborn man, he redeemed him and um and he became a, a vibrant, you know, voice and influencer in the church. Um Always not perfect, as we know about Peter. But yeah, he, he specifically asked for Peter. Tell Peter I have risen. Let Peter know it's okay. He can stop crying now. Um, it's like kind of like that's the kind of vibe I'm getting. Like, yeah, I know you're going to deny me. Uh, you know, I I'm not disappointed in you, Peter. I knew you were going to do that. Like, I I just feel like that's kind of the vibe I'm getting from Jesus. Is that I'm not disappointed in you. I knew you were going to deny me. I know there's a lot of guilt in it, but 
you know, it is what it is. I had to happen. If you know the scriptures, I had to die. Um, but yes, make sure you, you tell Peter. Yep. Glass Sister Boss brought that out. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty amazing. Yes, it is. And another one, given that this week's theme is the redemption of losers, how do you think the followers of Christ were viewed in the community after the resurrection? I, I think something shifts. I think it finally clicks for them when they see their resurrected Lord. And they, they heard Jesus a million times. I has die, a wheat must fall and die. And here is this house, and you know, and it just this, these stories, these parables over and over again, and over again. And it and it just clicks to them when they see the resurrected Christ. It just all just comes together. And they have this clarity, like we know what we need to do. And even even that, Jesus gives them instructions. It says, Go and wait in Jerusalem, go to the upper room and pray. Um it, it, it's interesting that a great deal of them went and then only 120 ended up being there. Some people left, but but they were there. They went there to wait upon um, the comforter, whatever that was. Again, they didn't know what that was either. Um, and, and they got to experience the Holy Ghost. But yes, they 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 saw Jesus for who he really was. It, it I think it finally clicked on them. You know what? This isn't just a prophet that we've heard about and we've read about. I think this is God. Like they just, it just clicked to them like, we're dealing with God. We're dealing with th this. This is God that we're talking about here, and it just it just clarifies, and and they just they just get this realization, like wow. Um, and so yes, they they're redeemed. They're not so much these losers. They they have complete confidence in whatever they do. And you know these disciples, these guys that just scattered. They just they all scattered to the four corners of the world, <laughs> like like a bunch of cockroaches when you turn lights on. Like they just disappeared, uh, except the women. Um, but what's amazing is after the resurrection and after they experienced the Holy Ghost and they've, you know, they experienced the spirit of God, you know, they all, most of them, um, they all died terrible deaths in the name of Jesus. Um, and, and to me, that just, if that doesn't show you that they saw the resurrected Christ. Because I know some people are like, well, you know, they just all made up. You know, you'll get this from you know atheists that you know the disciples made this up. It's their thought and they resurrected him. But man, I I like I'm all about ideas, but I'm not willing to die for my ideas. Um but they were willing to die for Jesus and um would not deny his name. Um and even if you read in Acts, they get beat up. And then afterwards after they get beat up they're rejoicing and they're excited. <laughs> These are different disciples. We're dealing with different disciples once they see Jesus. Once he's resurrected and once they got the Holy Ghost, we're dealing with a whole nother group of people. And uh, they've been redeemed and, and they count it as joy. They're like, wow, we got to get beat up for Jesus. How cool is that? Um, again, we uh, that would not happen here. We would think uh, we were being punished um, for our beliefs. And, um, but, <laughs> but that wasn't the case with, 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 the, with the disciples. They were, they were looking forward to get punishing for their beliefs. They wanted to get punished for their beliefs. They wanted to, they wanted, you know, to, um, to suffer for his name. I think, and so I think that's a, there's an appropriate uh, contemporary lesson there, but, um, but yes, you're right. It, it, it's just, it's a complete shift. They're, they're very complete disciples, um, after the resurrection. Absolutely.
Okay. Uh, actually, I'm going to put up a different one. Um, why didn't Jesus march through the streets and show everyone around that he had risen, especially the people who persecuted him? Why just the feel? Mm, good question. Good question. Um, why would he show the those who persecuted him? Um, he showed himself to the people who were the most faithful. And even I think we get a glimpse of why is when uh, Thomas, Mr. Doubting Thomas, who is all of us. Um, I think Thomas represents all our stories is that he, he said, until I put my finger through his hands, then I'll believe. And that's when Jesus appears to Thomas. Um, and he tells Thomas, uh, blessed are those who believe without seeing me. And so I think that's, that's part of it is this is, and, and we see that even, even, even now, there's very few things that have survived of Jesus. Um, and I think people will go and say, well, there's a cloak and all that stuff. But I don't think so. I don't think nothing has survived of Jesus because we would, we would all probably worship it. Um, that's probably why everything had to be destroyed. Um, but now we all, we all rely on the spirit and just his voice. I think that's, that's ultimately where he was trying to go is, is, is this personal relationship, this hearing his voice and going to him directly. Um, and spending time with him. Um, I, I don't think he had to show himself um, physically for people to believe. And, and obviously, that's, obviously that's the case as the, most of those disciples and, you know, they didn't see him and, and they still were willing to die for him. So there's a question submitted by my husband who, you know, and uh, you know, Who's that guy again? Yeah. <laughs> the crazy guy. <laughs> um, I'm wondering if I should put up his question. So or do you want a funny question? Or should I skip sure. it? <laughs> you can bring a funny question. That's totally fine. Okay. All right. I'll right. put it up. All right. So what do you think ever happened to the donkey that Jesus rode in on? Did it live a royal life or did it end up dinner? <sighs> that is an excellent question. Um I think he wanted, um, there's a movie about this and I'm pretty sure it's very biblical. Um, <laughs> it's called the star about the donkey that rode Jesus, um, uh, through, through the streets. Um, and I'm, yeah, I, it's, it's a very biblical movie. Um, so I think if Antoine wants to know more about that, I think he should watch that. Um, that's where I get a lot of my sermons from is uh, movies. So yeah, I think you should probably look into that. <laughs> that That's hilarious. Okay, so I'm going to take us to a question that um, may kind of redirect a little bit. But um, speaking of Judas, what do you think his intentions were in turning him over to the religious leaders? I'm so glad you asked that. Um, I, I think, again, this is this is my opinion. I have to be careful how I say this. This is my opinion. Okay, so I want to make sure this is this is based on what I see. Um, so don't don't go around and say this is this is the Bible. But but this is my opinion. I, I think Judas read this literature about this warrior Messiah, and to him it made sense. Jesus was going to come and just destroy these Romans. I really do think he loved Jesus. I really do think Judas, 
I think Judas did care for for Jesus. Um, and, and I think maybe in his mind, part of it was he's just going to rise up. Um, I've seen the miracles he does. He's just going to, this will really set him off. And now he'll go ahead and, you know, cast down the angels or something. I think that's what he thought. But when it didn't happen, when he gets crucified, he comes back with the 30 pieces of silver and he throws them back and says, I don't want this money because it just, it just, it clicked on him. It was like, no, that didn't work. Now I killed this guy that I love. And so I, I, you know, and again, it's just such a sad story, but um, I I really do believe if, if he, if he would not have hung himself, I really do believe um, Jesus would have said, where's Peter and get me Judas. I, I think I think I think Jesus would have had compassion. The guy who healed the person who was trying to kill him, uh, his ear. Um, you know, there's a whole sermon in that about how these people were trying to repress him and and destroy him, and he's he still care for them. So, yeah, that's that's my thought is that um, he was hoping that it would spark something in him, maybe maybe to make him a warrior and. And, and be this warrior messiah that, you know, they, they all believe that this warrior messiah is going to come and destroy these Romans who, you know, have literally conquered them. And again, they've been a conquered people for forever. I mean, they, you know, they were in the Babylonian captivity, then they came back and then they had all kinds of, you know, that Israel is this corridor of, uh, it, it, you know, it leads into Africa, then it leads into Asia, it leads into Europe. Um, and it's just this perfect little spot, very strategic spot. So they, of course, they were conquered by the next biggest thing. Um, and so to them, yeah, the idea of a warrior messiah was a great idea that he would come in and, and just destroy all these nations. Um, kind of like what he did through David and Solomon and Samson. And so they have all these stories about, you know, these you know coming and conquering. And um, they were hoping that that was the case with Jesus. But it wasn't. Yes. Well... Those are all of our questions. I believe hey. we hit them all. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, before we go, um, uh, please do uh, like and share our posts. Um, and uh, we are going to continue the Redemption of Losers tomorrow and, um, and finish it out. And I hope you guys all enjoyed Brother Little's communion service. Um, I am biased, but, man, I just like anything he preaches. Um, but um, if you didn't hear that, it's great. It's in our archives. Go ahead and go back and listen to it. Um, continue to pray for our church as we continue to get it prepared. Uh, we're just wait, waiting on adjusters and numbers. And once we have that, we'll move forward um, and get that ready. Um, pray for our timeline. Pray that all goes well and that we can worship together in person, hopefully by July. But um, let's stay safe. Enjoy the spring. And I uh, hope to see you folks tomorrow night. Have a good evening. Have a good evening. God bless.